Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. You guys, welcome to season five under Dear Fucking Media. I cannot, I, I really cannot believe the words as I say them. Actually, you know what? No, that's false. I can believe it because I am someone who, yeah, I set high goals for myself, but I fully, in my heart, like in my gut, I know they're going to come true. It's like, I know we're going to have Dak Shepard on here one day. I know it. You know it. It's just a matter of when. And that's how I felt about this. Full disclosure, I have been wanting to be on Dear Media's network for two plus years. And I am by no means ashamed to admit that. I think like a lot of people get nervous to say their goals out loud because they feel, I don't know, embarrassed or what if I don't get them, then that's, uh, people are going to think differently of me. I don't fucking care. I will tell you all of my goals. And I do when I share my vision board. Like you guys know what I want and what I am after. And Dear Media was something that I have been wanting to be a part of for so long. I vividly remember the first like point of contact I had with them was in, I think it was 2020, like right when COVID had just started. And I had connected with someone who worked there and I was telling her about my show. And I remember that the show was like kind of new, but I was really proud of what I had done. And they were like, look, the, the girl wasn't like actually officially like interviewing me. We were more connecting about something else, but she happened to work at Dear Media. So I was like, well, while I have you. And then my original like older management reached out to them. So the conversations has been going on for a long time. And it's always been something that I've sought after because quite honestly, for if you're listening and you're like, what does this network help you with? How does this change things? Here it is. First and foremost, I think that it legitimizes, but also it gave me a sense of confirmation that like what I'm doing is working. I am on the right path. This is what I'm meant to be doing. This is the direction of my business. And that to me was so satisfying and not that we need outside gratification because we don't. I felt this way about my work for a long time. I knew that this was my path. I knew that this is my calling. However, having that confirmation from a business standpoint was really helpful for my ego, but also for the business. So they will now run all of the ads that will be on the show. I now have a producer on the team who will help produce the show. We have way higher quality video, audio, like this fucking setup. Are you kidding me? I'm going to go to LA and do some interviews there. Like it legitimizes and turns my show into way more of an actual business revenue stream for my company, which if you know, you've been listening to the show for a while, that is my goal. This is what I love doing. 
This is where I fucking thrive. This is where I feel like I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing and I'm happy and I'm in flow. And this is the focus for my future. So we're fucking doing it. And you guys know I say, it's not a no forever. It's a no for now. So when they said no, that's okay. You can't get everything exactly when you want it because then what fun is that? Sometimes you got to wait a little bit. Sometimes you got to work a little harder. Sometimes you got to just have some patience. Some other things have to fall into line. And I could not be happier with the timing of this because so much else is shifting in my life, in my business, in different directions, all accumulating into where we are today. And I'm so fucking proud of what we've built. And I say we because sure, I might be the one on the mic, But without you guys, this wouldn't be anything. And the timing just, it all makes sense to me now. And people are saying this about the housing process, which I'll get into today, where they're like, I know you're upset you didn't get that house. But when you get the house that you eventually buy, it will all make sense. And that's how I feel right now about this. Like, I'm happy that I didn't join their network two years ago because I wasn't ready. Now I'm fucking ready. So let's go. We are ready for season five. All right. So what's in store? I have been working my goddamn ass off for this show, as well as we've brought on a right hand. Shout out, Amelie. You're the shit. She and I played college lacrosse together. She is my right hand for the show. She has really elevated a lot of what we're doing here, and I'm super pumped for season five. So behind the scenes, once we signed this contract and we transferred over to Dear Media, I have been working on really leveling up for season five. I want to bring you guys an array of conversations, really helpful episodes, ones that you get to know me better, ones that you get to know people in my life better, and ones that hopefully inspire the shit out of you. We have guests like my sisters. Yes, you heard that right. My older sister agreed to come on the fucking podcast. A few other ones we have coming forward, Lucy Fink, Alison Bernstein. We're going to get into all sorts of style stuff. A lot of solo episodes about deciding not to share my kids on social media and having sex as parents and postpartum and diving into all of that. So many topics and so many things I want to cover. And we're going to keep the structure of... I'm doing a solo episode every other week and then an interview episode. So the solo episodes, some will be just catching up, me chit-chatting kind of like this. And then others will be on topics that I pull the FF family on and get your guys' feedback, get your input, and we have a conversation kind of all of us. I want to take this time to thank my listeners who, whether this is your hundredth episode, whether you've been here from the very beginning or this is your 10th episode you're listening to, you mean the fucking world to me. And without you, we would not be doing this. And quite honestly, I get emotional thinking about it. Like the fact that you take time out of your day to listen to what I have to say is mind boggling to me. But I feel such respect and gratitude and honor that you do and you mean the world to me. So to the FF family, I love you. You guys know that. You are the greatest. To anyone who is new here, welcome. 
I want to tell you about me. We're going to do a quick little intro. I'm Cameron Rogers. I'm a content creator. I live in New York City. I grew up in Jersey, but I've been in New York for the past 10 years. I married my high school sweetheart. I am a new-ish mom. I don't know how long I can say new. My child is like 17 months, so maybe not new anymore, but a first-time mom. He is the absolute light of my life and the sole purpose, I do anything. I am someone who struggles with my mental health. That is something we talk about a lot on this show. I have gone through experiences of hating my body and restricting everything that went into my mouth and over-exercising and have found a way to evolve my relationship with all of those things and get to a place where I'm really just fucking happy and grateful to be alive and to focus on the gratitude rather than the restriction and sadness. My journey as a mom has been an interesting one. Mental health definitely at the forefront. I struggled with postpartum depression and really took my community along for that ride in real time. So if you're still here, you have seen it all and I appreciate and love you for sticking with me. I am focused now in this stage of my life on choosing joy. It's something I do every single morning, how I can actively find happiness and simply choose to find the joy in life is something that is so important to me because I want to be the happiest version of myself possible and I want you guys to also. The show started, I think, four plus years. No, probably four years ago. I had been working on Wall Street at JP Morgan in sales and trading for five years. Loved my job in a sense, but was anxious as fuck. And unfortunately, it like definitely heightened a lot of my anxious and not so great tendencies. And I had started my account, which was Freckled Foodie, now Cameron Oaks Rogers, on the side and was like, oh, this will be a fun side gig. Like, sure, let's just have some fun with it. It's a creative thing. It was when the food porn accounts kind of started. And honestly, I just thought it was going to get free food. And it evolved into something I could have never in a million years imagined. If you want more on like that whole aspect of my career, changing careers, all of that, I have episodes way back when that are like first year, second year, I think third year, reflecting on being my own boss. And that dives in more to that journey. But basically, March of 2018, I was hit by a car while I was crossing the street. I suffered from a bad concussion. It fucking rocked me everything turned upside down and it really was this like before and after moment in my life and it put everything into perspective. And it's when I started meditating. It's when I started journaling. It's when I started really working on myself and my introspection. I was on disability from work and during that time, I realized I will never be this young again. I will never have this little responsibility. I was in such a place of privilege from a financial standpoint to be able to take this risk. So why the fuck not? I went back to my job. I put in my two weeks notice and I left to do my account full time. I was also a certified health coach or I am. It's not something I practice. And I was working with clients on health coaching and meal prepping for people and doing like kitchen audits and grocery store walkthroughs and all of those things while creating content. And I started to share more about my mental health on my platform because once I left my job, I felt like I could share about me. When I was at JP, it was very much just food. Like I don't even know if you ever saw my face on my platform, maybe once or twice. Once I started sharing about my mental health, it really opened the floodgates and I felt I connected with 
my community so much deeper. And that's what I wanted to focus on. So after six months, I decided to make another pivot and focus full-time on content. I think shortly after was when I started the podcast. And it was something that I remember having dinner with my girlfriend, Emily, and being like, I really want to start a podcast. I just feel like I have so much to say. You know, every fucking teacher growing up put on the report card. If I put her next to a wall, she would talk to it. Well, here we are. I'm literally talking to a fucking wall. So somehow I turned it into my job and I'm here for it. And I said to Emily, I really want to start a podcast. And she kind of works in that space. She's like, okay, this is what we'll do. These are the steps. Like laid out this kind of lengthy outline. And I'm someone where I'm like, if I want to do something, I'm headstrong. I'm putting my head down, grinding. We're going to fucking do it. And I texted her maybe three weeks later. And I was like, here's my podcast. She's like, what? Is, are you crazy? Like, how What are? How did you even do this? And I was just determined. And I'm a fucking determined person. I sat there. I watched endless YouTube videos. I figured out what equipment I needed. I learned GarageBand. I started recording. I started editing. I figured out the RSS feeds on the back end. So the very beginning of this show, like the original, which you can still listen to, it's still up on the feed, was me in our living room, my own equipment, recording, editing, producing, doing all of the things. I cannot believe that I did that. But at the same time, I'm someone with all aspects of my business where I'm like, I think it's so important to hire people for aspects. Look, the bottom line is in this industry, you have to wear so many hats, but there are going to be people who are way better at something than I am. So if I'm able to, I'd prefer to hire them to help me do it in a better and more timely fashion. That being said, I always want to make sure I can do something on my own before I hire out because something will always happen. You won't be able to contact someone. Someone will be out. Someone will be on vacation. They might leave. Like, I want to know how to do all aspects of my business. God forbid it all falls on me in a moment. I want to be able to execute. So was it wild that I was doing all this stuff? Yeah, but it's part of the process. And now I know if I ever have to, I can do it all myself. And look at us now. Growth, friends. True growth that we are here. Like I just am so honored and proud of us. So the show has evolved in many ways as I have evolved. Someone messaged me recently. Like I listened to an old episode of yours and I've been following you for a while and I loved the episode, but wow, it's so obvious how much you have evolved and grown and like done your own work. And I've thought about this a lot. I don't really want to go back and listen to old episodes because I think I would like cringe at some of the things I've said. But simultaneously, if you are to do a deep dive and listen, I think it does show we're all a work in progress. The goal in life, in my eyes, is to continue to evolve. I want to continue to be the best version of myself. I want to continue to adapt and change and learn new things. And that I think is so evident in this show because I've done so much personal work and I've evolved in many ways and many things have changed. And look, a lot of the episodes that I've shared were simultaneously times that I was struggling with something. So it's a very eye-opening experience for me to have so much of my life in this public manner of shows. But I also think that it's helpful 
to really lay out and clearly show an evolution of a human. So without further ado, that was the longest intro ever. I want to do a little life catch up because holy fuck, it's been a month since I've recorded solo and I have so much to say. The direction I want to take this is, of course, we have to recap Italy. Like, I had to do a show about it, obviously, as if I wasn't annoying enough on my feed of, like, Italy this, Italy that. Now we're on the podcast. No, Italy was truly one of the best weeks ever. We had so much fun. And for people who maybe are new or aren't aware, my husband and I did a trip to the Amalfi Coast for five days in the beginning of October. We have not done like a solo out of the country trip since having our kid. And we've done a lot of traveling since having our son. However, it's been a lot of family time, like with my family or his or weddings. And while all of those trips are amazing and they've been so fun and I love them, there hasn't been much time for just us to relax and do nothing. All of the weddings we've had this year, we've been in, one of us has been in the wedding party. So it's never really a time for us to like calmly do whatever we want. And I'm not pregnant. We're not trying, but we do want a second kid eventually. And we just feel like vacations are going to get harder and harder to go on. And then when you start going on vacations, once you have more kids, it's more of like a family vacation, whether it's a Disney World, which I can't fucking wait for, or a beach rental or whatever, something like that. We wanted a trip that was just us. And we decided to do that. I'd never been to the Amalfi Coast. Neither had he. It's always been on my wish list. And it was amazing. Absolutely incredible. I'm working on a guide right now. So if the guide's out, it'll be in the show notes. If it's not, stay tuned. It's coming. But we stayed in Priano at this hotel Casa Angelina, it was so gorgeous and honestly so necessary for us. Having a child is definitely a strain on a marriage. And I don't mean that in like this negative way. It's just the reality of things. Like having a kid changes things and it can be so easy to just suddenly become two ships passing in the night. And only talking about your kid and only talking about schedule and house things and like losing the essence of your true relationship and that camaraderie, friendship, love. It's really easy to be masked by all of the things you have to do for your family. And we just felt life has been so busy We've had so much going on. Both of us have a lot happening with work. And there was just this lack of time for the two of us to deeply connect and unplug. And this trip was exactly what we needed. And even simple things of like, good Lord, having sex spontaneously is amazing. 
you forget about that. Having a kid, that spontaneity does not happen. And we're going to get into that in the upcoming episode that I teased. But even that was like, this is amazing. We can just have sex whenever we want. Like, huh? It's just whenever, wherever. That's great. Or just sleeping in or not having a schedule in the morning, just doing whatever we wanted to do. It was so wonderful. And I'm just so grateful that we were able to do it, that it actually happened, that we put in the like commitment to we're going to make this a thing. And we promise each other that we're going to do a big trip for our 10-year wedding anniversary. So in six years, we'll be recapping another trip. While the trip was amazing, I was the most anxious I've ever been leading up to a trip. I'm not someone who gets anxiety over flying. I get anxious over the idea of like packing for a trip and the what ifs of a trip, like that feeling of not having control. However, I haven't had that anxiety in the past like few-ish years. And this was the first trip that I got really anxious over. And quite honestly, my mom even said this when I talked to her because she was at the apartment with our son when we were leaving. She was like, I wasn't sure if you were going to get on that plane. Like, I thought you were coming back. I just, I don't know. There, There was so much going on in my life leading up to the trip. Like, we had just signed this contract. I had just done the huge photo shoot for, like, the promo stuff. I felt like that week and two weeks especially was so packed with stuff that I never had a chance to like digest the fact that we were going. And also even the trip in and of itself, like we planned it, I think in August, July, we booked our flights and it was the first time we worked with a travel agent. So I wasn't really in control. Like I obviously had a say in what we were doing, but I wasn't researching, booking, creating itineraries. Like I really felt like I don't even know where we're going. I'm just going to get on this plane and show up, which was an amazing feeling. But I also think bled into the not coming to terms with the fact that we were going on this trip. So the day prior when I started packing, I think it hit me like, oh, we're leaving the country. Oh, this is going to be the longest time away from Liam. Oh, He is in a really, really big mama stage right now. And I'm really stressed about leaving him because is he going to be aware? Is he going to be sad? Is he going to be crying? Also, like, he is fucking my favorite thing in the world. And while I know it's so important for me to fill my cup and do stuff for myself and alone time without him is vital to my mental health, I have a really hard time not being with him because I think about all the things I want to be doing with him. I... I hate to say this, but I get jealous that other people get time with him. He's almost like my drug in the mornings. I'm not lying, where he like sets the tone for my day. And I was anxious about not being with him for that multitude of reasons. So I will say getting on that plane was a very different experience for me than I'm used to. I had feelings like I had never felt, but I really tried to remind myself that this is important for me. This is important for my relationship with my husband. This is important even for like my mom and the father and my in-laws to have time with him. And it's important for him to have time with them. And I'm so happy I got on the plane. I'm so happy I talked myself off the ledge because the trip was everything and more. And it is so important to make time 
as parents for you and your partner. Now, let me tell you, because we're talking about flights and stuff and anxiety, the trip home was something I could have never imagined. So let's rewind to like the version of me four years ago. I had everything under control, everything organized, everything scheduled, everything. Like there was no room for error in my brain. I was an anxious fucking wreck, but this was how my brain worked. If I was going on a trip, I had whatever meal it was that was mealtime for that. I had the next mealtime like prepped, packed, ready to go. I was never going to rely on like getting a meal at the airport. I was a control freak over food and consumption. I had 10,000 snack options as if I was going away for a week, like wild, wild, okay? So we get to the airport in Milan. We had gotten up at like five, took a car to the airport. It's 7 a.m. And the most important thing about my day is having a morning poop. Like I need a good morning poop. So, of course, in my head, I'm like, all right, how will I do this? So I decided I'm going to have my coffee and my athletic greens like on at the very end of the car ride when we get to the airport So because I obviously can't take them through security. So I do. And then I'm like, I'll just go to the bathroom at the airport. Again, like loosening up control in comparison to the old me. The old me would have been up at like 4 a.m. to try to make sure everything was under control, wrapped with a bow on it and ready to go. So we get to the airport, we walk through shops and stuff, and, and usually we're like the type of people who will go to our gate, put all of our stuff down, settle for a second, and then one of us will go and like get the food, the snacks, the waters, all of that. So we're walking through and Joe's like, oh, there's a bathroom right here before we like go through this passport check, let's just go. So we go to the bathroom. I'm not able to poop, but I'm like, no worries. I still have an hour before we're boarding. I'm going to get my water. I'm going to get another coffee. I'm going to get some snacks. Like we have plenty of time. Do not rush camp. So then we go through this like passport check, right? Right outside the bathrooms. And in my head, we still are going to walk to our gate, settle, go do all the things I want to do. They check our passports and then we're in this like room and I'm realizing there's a line and we're all just standing on this line and it's not going anywhere. And I'm like, what is happening? And I look at the front of the line and it says B10, which is our gate. And I look around and there's not a toilet. There's not a store. There's nothing. And I'm like, Joe, what is happening? Are we standing in line to like go to our gate? And he's like, I think, I don't really know. But then I see that there are these buses coming. So I'm like, okay, they're probably taking us to another terminal all good. I'll go to the bathroom. I'll get all my stuff. We're good to go. Mind you, we're getting on a 10-hour flight, okay? So I'm going to be ravenous. I drink so much water on a plane, and you better believe I want to get my poop out. We finally get to the front. I am, of course, marked as like extra security check, I guess. The bus pulls up to the stairs of a plane. We are getting off the bus and onto this plane. I am like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Also, this is just wild that there was never an announcement. Like maybe world travelers, people who are well vetted in this, knew that this was happening. Your girl did not. We get off the bus and I look at Joe and I'm like, we're we're getting on a plane right now. And he's like, this is what's happening. So we walk up the steps. I get in my fucking middle seat. 
<laughs> and I'm like, okay, I can do this. I've got 10 hours ahead of me. I did not poop. I do not have a piece of food on me, not a morsel of food and not an ounce of water, but we're going to be okay. And we were, and maybe that's the lesson because I would have absolutely panicked, like to the point where I literally think I would have thrown a, a bitch fit and been like, I'm not getting on the plane. I know that sounds like some of you are like, oh girl, are you kidding? Are you a, like cuckoo banana pants? Yeah, I was. I would have lost it. If you've listened to shows, you know that like there was a moment where I wanted to elbow a stewardess in the aisle because my fucking bag had to get checked, like losing my shit. I would have lost my shit. And I just kind of sat there for a second, thought to myself, okay, I didn't poop. Not the end of the world. It's a day. It's one day. And of course I pooped when I got home, guys. Don't worry. But the water thing sucked because I had to just keep asking the stories for cups of water. But it is what it is. And I am working so hard on giving up control and just going with the flow of life and trying to be more easygoing. And this was such a test for me. And I actually am so proud of myself. And one of you messaged me that like, flights, airports, all that stuff gives you a lot of anxiety and you're working in like immersion therapy, I think is what it's called. And your doctor actually wanted you to like go to an airport without anything and like not be prepared or any of those things. And it's interesting because that's kind of what I experienced. And it was a good lesson for me. So I guess thank you to the Milan airport for completely hoodwinking me. And I'm proud of myself and growth. That's on growth. While we're talking Italy, two more things that happened. I got my period and bled on a chair at dinner at the nicest hotel in Positano. You know, I didn't expect this to happen on this trip. I didn't really expect this to happen in my life. I'm 31 years old. I kind of thought those like bleeding through underwear onto thing moments were over in high school. Evidently, they're not. And I joke that we were living in a simulation because we're at Les Sirenus or however you say it, which is like the nicest hotel in Positano. We went for dinner. It was our anniversary. So we were celebrating our anniversary that night. We got all dressed up. I'm in my favorite Zimmerman blue floral dress. And we are sitting there and <laughs> there's this little like band, these three men playing music and serenading people. And they're playing a different song for every table and they're playing love songs. And in my head, I thought, how crazy would it be if they played our song? And they come over and out of nowhere, they start playing our wedding song, Perfect by Ed Sheeran. What? Okay, the odds. Yes, it's like a popular love song, especially nowadays. But what are the fucking odds that that's the song that they would play for us? So we're like freaking out. I'm like, we're living in a simulation. Monica's dad, if you listen to Dax, has a great like, thank you, Monica's dad. So we're freaking out. I'm like recording Joe. What a wonderful moment. And then reality hit. About 30 minutes later, I'm sitting there and I like change positions and I just feel a release, a gush, some might say. <laughs> and I'm just like, fuck. And I say to Joe, I just got my period. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I just, I felt it. I just got my period. I'm going to go to the bathroom. He's like, do you have anything on you? No, of course I didn't because I'm not prepared. And I forget that these things happen. I just, I don't know. I, whatever. And 
he's like, okay. He goes, do you want the the napkin? And he hands me his like table napkin. And I'm like, what the fuck do you think I'm going to do with that? Like, he's like, to put it up your dress. And I'm like, what do you think? I'm just going to sit here. The restaurant, literally there's a table looking at us. I'm like, you think I'm going to shove this fucking napkin up my dress right here? And like, what, waddle like a penguin out of here? So he was, I don't know. I guess he thought I was like a open faucet leaking everywhere. So I get up and I thought that I just like got my period. I never would have thought that I like leaked out of my dress. And I stand up and I'm like, oh, and he looks at me. He's like, what? I'm like, it's on the chair. And I'm not talking like crazy. It wasn't like this huge thing, but it was on the chair. So I'm like, I'm going to go to the bathroom and figure out how to deal with myself, this, whatever. I handle myself in the bathroom, deal with my dress. Thankfully, the dress is like printed, so it's like covered up all over. And then I come back and Joe said that when the guy, (laughs) when the guy was like there to, you know, at like nice restaurants, if you get up, they like put your seat in and they take your napkin and they fold it. So he went over, (laughs) which I should have known. He went over to do that. And like Joe said that he saw his face catch a glimpse of it on the chair and like make a, like kind of freeze up. Obviously, you can't see my face that I'm making, but be like, well, I don't think if a guy saw that, they would know what was happening. I'm pretty sure that he was like, oh, my God, fuck. We sat her on a seat that has a stain on it. And we were the last seating, so it's fine. We left at 1130. It's all good. They were aware of the stain on the chair. And as we're leaving, Joe's like, do you want me to knock over my red wine to cover it? I'm like, no, we are not making more of a scene. We are going home. So... Never thought that I would say that I bled out of my dress onto a chair at a five-star hotel in the Amalfi Coast, but here we are. Humbling is what we call that. Another life update that happened while we were in Italy is I want to do a quick housing update. We are still looking to move to the suburbs, and there was a house that we really loved And we saw before our trip and it was this thing where like, we really want to move. Like we're really excited to move. We're kind of hitting this point where we're like, okay, we are definitely ready. And the house was beautiful. It was completely redone. It was like gorgeous. So many rooms could totally see ourselves in there. My brain could. In my brain, I'm like, this is a beautiful house. It's within our budget. It's so new. It's great area gorgeous, perfect. This should be our home. And I couldn't figure out if my gut was telling me no, or if it was just, I felt overwhelmed by everything else happening in life. So when we were in Italy, offers were due and we ended up putting an offer on a house. And if you have been around, you know that we put an offer on in on a house like six, eight weeks ago that we were obsessed with. And we found out that we were second and we did not get it. And I was heartbroken. I was really, really upset because I really saw us in this house. And this one we put an offer in, but it was a different feeling in my gut than what we had done with the other house. And I was aware of that. And I'm like, okay, take note of this. And we got a call while we were in Italy from our broker that we were tied for first and they were asking us to like step forward in some manner, whether it be closing date, price, waiving things, whatever. And I turned to Joe and I was like, 
I know this house is amazing. And I know whoever lives in it is going to be happy. And it's a great house. And my brain knows that. But my gut is just like, this is not our house. And I want to feel so fucking excited to move into our home. And like, I can't wait. And when we find out we eventually are the high bid, I want to be like jumping from the roof and so excited. And this one I felt when she told us we were the highest and tied, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want this house. So we listened to our gut because he actually felt the same way. And we ended up pulling our offer. So we are still looking. Since then, we went out and saw another one, which again, I loved the house. It's just not for us. And I am trying with everything in my power to believe that our house is out there and what is meant to be will be, what I we are meant to receive, we will receive. And I'm patiently waiting and trying to not skip over the chapter of my life that we're in right now because it's really easy for me to obsess and get focused on the next thing and like, oh, when this happens, I'll feel X, Y, Z. Or I'll do this when we're there instead of feeling those things or doing those things while we're here. So I'm really trying to focus on this chapter of my life while also feeling excited for the next one. So housing updates will continue. I'm also, we're going to do a full episode on the housing buying process, mortgages, all of the things that make no fucking sense. And we all need dumbed down. And I have a high school friend. He's going to come in here and tell us everything we need to know. So you guys, I love you so much, truly from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so, so much for listening to the show and for being here. I hope you are as excited about this as I am. I really feel like we did it. Like, go fucking us. If you love the show, I would so appreciate if you could rate and or review on the app that you use to listen to your shows. It really helps the show, especially now, like as we're pushing this new season five launch, new cover art, how fucking sick is the cover art and new network to get more eyes on the show is so helpful. So rate, review, subscribe, share, share with friends, share on your social, tag me. Let's celebrate because we did it. And there's so much fun stuff to come. I love you. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I have so much fun recording the show. It is my favorite part of my job and truly is what lights me up. Your feedback and response to every episode is what keeps me going. And if this episode resonated with you, please feel free to DM me over on Instagram or share on your stories. If you are looking for a way to support the show, please rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps the show grow. Please also make sure to hit subscribe so that you are up to date with new episodes coming at you every Wednesday morning. And of course, please be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at, at Cameron Oaks Rogers. I love you and I appreciate your support so much.